to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder and CEO of Verso, Lars Fredriksson. It was a love of interaction, communication and connection that led Lars Fredriksson to the beauty world. Having spent years in business, sales and marketing, he found himself talking to a stranger at a music industry party. Lars and this man were the only two guests that didn't work in music, and it was this conversation that led Lars to his first role in the beauty world. Beauty was a slow burn for Lars, which is something I love about his story. I think a lot of people are waiting for that light bulb moment, a moment where it feels like the stars align and you realise where you want to be. But Lars's passion for skincare is something that came with time and knowledge, and his approach to the industry is incredibly refreshing. Lars launched Verso in Sweden a decade ago, a brand built around a patented ingredient called Retinol 8 and steeped in science. The brand is now available in 25 countries and the product range consists of about 25 SKUs, each of which has taken years to develop and perfect before hitting the market. In this conversation, which took place during Lars's most recent trip to Australia, Lars shares why he believes everyone should use at least one vitamin A product daily, why we really have his wife to thank for his move into the beauty space, and why we probably won't ever be seeing a Verso neck cream on the shelves. Okay, so you are visiting us from Sweden, so I would love to start right at the very, very beginning. What is your earliest memory of beauty? Oh, that, that's a good question. <laughs> I think that when I probably um, started to feel I was dry mm-hmm. after taking a shower, that's probably pretty late. That's uh, in the late 20s maybe. Yeah. I, I, I never really... I didn't, not late 20s, early 20s. Mm-hmm. I, I I never really thought it was something that, it was not a big thing. I mean, That was something gen- my mom did. Not she, to generalize, but I think that's pretty common of men. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So I've read that you went to business school, but if we take it even further, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, a pilot, I think. Really? Why a pilot? I know. I thought it was... My dad used to fly one of those small Cessnas, you know? Mm-hmm. So I remember when, when I was a kid that uh, we went with him mm-hmm. and I thought that was fun. Um, and I, then I, we, you know, where I grew up, it was not too far away from an airfield. Mm-hmm. And I remember these fighter planes. I didn't want to be a fighter pilot, but, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that was something that I... I dreamt of. Okay, so you got rid of the pilot dreams. You went to business school. If research serves me, you were working in sort of sales and marketing in business. But I want to hear more about that time before you were introduced to the world of beauty. Were you enjoying work? Was that what you saw a future in or were you just kind of going through the motions? Well, I, I grew up in an, in an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. environment. Uh, both my my dad and uh, and then my my uncles and so on and so forth. So I've been very driven. Mm-hmm. I got a my first job in in a sporting goods store when I was fifteen. Worked mm-hmm. every weekend. I never get 
I never got paid. What? Um, because, you know, they told me that if you, you can either get paid in money mm. or you can actually take goods to the equivalent. Oh, okay. So I got paid, but I never got any money mm -hmm. because I always, I had the, you know, the best tennis racket, I had the <laughs> best pair of skis, I had, you know, so, but, you know, I really liked that job. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. Okay, so you had an interest in the business side I, of things. Yeah, the business side age. and, and, and um, always, you know, loved the meeting with people, yeah. the interaction. Okay. Um, I love, you know, working in the store when people come in and, you know, they're, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. You're looking for a new pair of running shoes. You know, how much do you run? Mm -hmm. What kind of run do you do? Do you do terrain or street or, so I think that's something that, I, you know, something I liked. Well, it was interaction that brought you into beauty i believe you were at a music industry party you were introduced to a man who was maybe the only other person there who wasn't in the music industry and that's where it all started i would love to hear about that night <laughs> you did a lot of good research i'm crazy <laughs> yeah i yeah so um that is correct i at the time i was just uh i had just finished my business school mm-hmm and then uh, my wife, we were not married at the time, mm -hmm. but she uh, uh, was a musical artist. Yeah. So at this premiere party, I was the only one, and this, uh, a father of a colleague to Linda. So we ended up in a bar, mm -hmm. obviously, because we were then the only ones that did not. <laughs> and, um, you know, after just small talks and, and all that, he said that you need to meet one of my friends because I know he's looking for someone just like you. And I was interested in international business. Uh, so part of um, prior business school, I had been an exchange student in the US. Uh, during the business school, I did my internship in New York. Uh, I did my final thesis in Toronto, Canada. So there was an an interest of international business. So now it happened to be beauty, mm -hmm. but if that gentleman had known, if his friend had been in a other business, I wouldn't be sitting here. That's the sliding doors moment. A little bit like that, yes. Mm. Okay, so you didn't have any prior interest in beauty. The interest was in business. Do you remember a moment perhaps made you think, okay, beauty's actually really interesting. This is perhaps where I'm supposed to be. I, I, I'm trying to figure out if it's a, a specific moment, but I know there are moments mm. where that really contributed um, and really made me feel that this is what I would like to continue with. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is that when I started to... Um, travel a lot i usually did that not only sometimes not by myself but were you know traveling with doctors yeah that had made the research of the products that i was selling and you know on flights um over dinners and all that we had a lot of conversations and i learned a lot um by them you know if you do things in the right way 
and using the right quality, the right concentration. They gave me all these, you know, you know, tips and, and ideas how to do this and where to look for research and how to interpret uh, research. And I did that for quite, quite a few years and everything just evolved to something mm. that, you know, I want to continue. I love that answer because I speak to people all the time who have had a light bulb moment and then I worry that people listening who are perhaps at a crossroads or a bit unsure are waiting for the light bulb moment and it may not necessarily come. An interest in something can be this gradual thing that happens over years and years, which is what it sounds like happened with you. I agree. I agree. Tell me about those years. It wasn't until 2013 that you founded Verso. You'd previously been CEO and founder at Aderma. I'd love to hear about the years between that party and Verso. Were there any lessons that you took from that time that you find you're still applying to what you're doing now? Um, yes. So the, you know, when I founded Aderma, which was a company that purely was um, doing clinical research yeah where we were doing you know based on the experience and based on the knowledge that I got from my previous work I decided to set up my own company where we were a group um, of people and we you know interacted with doctors and dermatologists we did our own formulations and then we licensed them out to other brands mm-hmm so obviously we you know we did a lot of research a lot of clinicals most of them did not work <laughs> uh, but some of them did mm-hmm. and you know and and it was a lot of lessons to be learned and that's something that i absolutely it's in my bone marrow today i mean it's just i no i can say no that's not gonna work mm-hmm. uh, and um, I think the last project that we did with Aderma was for a comp- another Swedish company um, and more known for their brand. It's called Restylane. Mm-hmm. And Restylane um, is more known as a filler, a hyaluronic acid filler. Yep. They were actually the first one in wow. the market. Uh, so they... They were the market leader at the time, and um, they didn't. They wanted to have a skincare range to go along with their invasive treatments. Mm-hmm. So they contacted us, and then I pitched the idea how to do that. And they, um, we ended up where they wanted us to do that, but they wanted to do it in house. So they acquired Aderma. Yeah. So we became a part of of Restylane, mm-hmm. and then I was responsible for Restylane skincare and did all that development, and then I globally launched that wow. range. Um, and during that years, I, you know, it kind of continued to learn, but also it just confirmed what I have mm. learned previously. But even though that I went into the aesthetic market, vitamin A was you know, the ingredient yeah. to go. Mm. So it was something that we did a lot of work with, uh, obviously along with the hyaluronic acid 
that we did in uh, since hyaluronic acid is in the fillers. We wanted to incorporate that in the skincare, so we worked quite a lot around that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that I've learned that I, you know, continue to adapt. So you left that role, I believe, 2011 and began to work on Verso. At what point had you started to think about creating something of your own? I think it's been, you know, it's been there somewhere for quite some time, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the funds or the means to do it. So I just had to, you know, start somewhere and then, you know, build it. but after I was done with um, uh, Adermine and with Restylane, um, I had a little bit, you know, been able to save up some money. Yeah. And, and then I read about this article about a vitamin A derivative that came out of Korea. Hmm. So I read that in a scientific paper. So, you know, within the next 10 days, I was on a flight to Seoul. Wow, um, where I uh, set up the meeting and I and I was able then to agree with the with the scientists to to you know to do a cooperation. Wow. Well, I was going to ask you what the next steps were, but I guess getting on a plane—it's one thing to have this idea, but another entirely to find the right manufacturer. I suppose you had experience there, or did you have to start basically from scratch? Now, I mean, I, no, I didn't have to start from scratch because I, I had a good uh, experience and knowledge yeah. uh, with that. So I had a f- quite a few that I worked with previously. So what I wanted to do, make sure that we have something that was unique. And the whole thing, I must say that when I was done with wrestling skincare, to do another skincare at time was not really on the radar okay um, I was you know a little bit you know thinking of doing maybe something else in beauty but mm-hmm. not particularly in skincare but when I read this article about this particular um, vitamin A derivative I thought that this is just almost too good to be true mm. and and the reason is that there's the challenges that we have with vitamin A from a formulation point of view, it's been a little bit tricky and difficult with the stability. Yeah. Uh, it is UV sensitive and oxygen mm. sensitive. So you need to work around that. There are quite a few and good technologies today available. So whatever you find in the stores today, uh, there is they will have great stability. The only thing that I, and I don't know if I can come up with any brand that do that, but if you ever find a vitamin A in an open jar, <laughs> I would stay off it because I don't think it's going to be that. Yeah, good yeah. call. <laughs> but the other thing is also from a vitamin A perspective and is that it can be tough for the skin. Yeah. So some people have difficult to tolerate it. So with this with this technology, we kind of been able, we have the stability solved, and also it was a lot more gentle to the skin. That what the the data proved. Mm. So I wanted to look into that further. So that was the beginning. What products did you launch with initially? We launched with only five products. Yeah. So there was a cleanser, a day cream, 
night cream, uh, our super facial serum, yeah. and our super eye serum. I was going to ask how you decided which products to launch with, but to me that sounds like that's the routine. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah, the, the whole, from the very, very beginning, um, what I wanted to do, and and remember now, we it, it's 10 years ago, and about 10, 15 years ago, we just had had a lot of doctors brand yeah. that had been very successful. Yes. And and for right reasons, because there was something new then. Mm. There are people, you know, brands coming up uh, and doctors behind. They were good. Uh, they were functional. They were performance. But I wanted to have something that could be performance driven at the same time um, aesthetic appealing mm. so we always put a lot of effort into the uh, formulation obviously that's always how it started we did a lot of research a lot of testing clinical trials but in the end when uh, if we look at the packaging and we look at the products mm. um, I think it's more hours put into the packaging, the design, the communication, uh, just to make sure that it matches and we are st- we stand out. Mm. You've given me a really nice segue because the products sort of honour the brand's Swedish heritage through minimalist is probably the wrong word, but the formulas don't contain anything that isn't going to do something for the skin. They contain what's necessary for you to see results. I was going to ask him what other ways does the brand honor its heritage, but the packaging is a clear one in the way that it is so streamlined and just beautiful to look at. Well, thank you. I, I the you're welcome. <laughs> the the uh, it goes really into the core of the brand, mm-hmm. and I think that simplicity is always something that we have in the backbone. Yeah. Uh, when we start the, com- the formulation, like you put it, we don't put anything in the formulation that doesn't necessarily have to be there. Yeah. And remember now, when you're doing a formulation, there's so many things that you can add into a cream or an emulsion that mm. will make it look nicer, feel nicer, um, smell nicer for whatever reason, but it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the function. Yeah. So... Being a performance-driven brand, I would say that we use a lot less ingredient than many other brands. Uh, I don't. I. We also promote less is more. Yes. Where. Not necessary to layer that many products. Mm-hmm. So um, I know there are, you know. You know, sometimes I, I get what is the what is the difference between a Scandinavian slash Swedish way of using skincare compared to something else. And I say, we, we might, and I, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but we might be the complete opposite to the Korean skincare, where exactly more the merrier, and we are less is more. Yeah. So I, we just want to make sure that what Versa product, each product has been developed as a standalone, which yeah. means that you can use that as it is. Mm-hmm. It can also be paired to any other brand. Yes. So it's not like you have to use a full routine 
and otherwise it's not going to work or other, because each and every product has very very carefully been been formulated to mm. be used as a standalone were you stocked anywhere to begin with or were you just direct to consumer uh, to begin with, only uh, with uh, partners and retailers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So our own, um, we launched our own e-com channel uh, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is not really something that we put a lot of focus in, more that we have that as a service. Mm-hmm. We uh, um, also work quite a lot when it comes to communication you're able to log in and make a skin test. You can chat with our Mm. skin specialist. So if you have any questions and anything, and then you can decide if you would like to, you know, order the product from from Versa Skincare, or you go to your uh, stockist and and purchase your product there. How did you go about getting the brand into these stockists. I think it's, it's interesting whenever someone does something new because there's obviously a big education piece that has to come along with that, particularly when there's so many brands. So how really, how did you sell it in? Well, I, I think the, um, and even <laughs> the big difference now today and 10 years ago that if we thought there was a lot of products uh, 10 years ago, it is nothing what it is today, mm. right? But still, 10 years ago, it was a highly competitive market. Sure. So what we noticed and what we saw is we really come from um, the ingredient side and the performance side of the product. Mm-hmm. And we saw that we have something that no one else had. Mm. So what we were providing was really a performance-driven vitamin A product that more people could use. That for people that, or persons that did not necessarily or couldn't use because of irritation Mm. or they couldn't tolerate it. Mm. So for us, it was just kind of fill that gap and I'm such a you know really strong advocate of using vitamin A, and I think each and every one should use at least one mm-hmm. vitamin A product every day. You don't have to only use that, but use one. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, it's like look at versus more as a smorgasbord. Pick and choose mm-hmm. one, and then pair it. You know, we have other products to support, but if you have your favorite product for another brand, you know that's perfectly fine. Uh, I think that vitamin A, there's, so I think that's where we filled that little gap. We have, you know, you know, our vision is to be the preferred choice mm. when it comes to vitamin A. On that, talk me through retinol eight for those who aren't across it. What is it? What can it do for the skin? Why is it different from other vitamin A derivatives? Well, um, I think, what we'd like to do then is just talk, you need to understand how vitamin A works and, you know, vitamin A is more of a, an umbrella name yeah. for the vitamin A family, right? Also known as retinoids. And, and where we have on the one far side, we have the retinoic acid, which is a prescribed ingredient only to be found in medical drugs. Yeah. 
cannot be used in cosmetics. So, and going back then in the late 60s, early 70s, there is an American scientist called Albert Kliegman. Mm -hmm. And he did research and he was doing clinicals on different kinds of vitamin A. And he invented retinol. He's known to be the father of retinol. Ah. And looking more for breakouts or, well, he did research of acne, uh, among other things. And where the side effects were that all of a sudden fine lines were improved and other things that is associated to photodamaged skin were mm -hmm. improved. So in order that was really to, how can we then develop a cosmetic formula, an ingredient that could go along. So that was the retinol. Yeah. Today you find different kinds of derivatives, but all of them will be converted into retinoic acid sooner or later. So depending on what kind of derivative they're using, you need one, two, three steps yeah. to convert. And this is through an enzymatic process. And uh, the skin is so clever, so it will mm. convert whatever they ne it needs and then leave the rest. Mm -hmm. But then there are some that have fewer steps that might be irritant yeah, or irritating. So if we take retinol, for instance, which is an alcohol, yes, it can irritate the skin. So what we did with retinol-8, or we, not we, but the, the Korean scientists, what mm. they did, that they were able to neutralize or I would say make the retinol uh, less irritating mm -hmm. by adding an acid. Because as you know, acid would neutralize an alcohol. Mm -hmm. So what we have then is a, an ingredient that is less irritating, but at the same time, it is really very effective because the acid that they used was retinoic acid. There you go. Yeah. So, but there is no acid in the final ingredient. Yeah. Because it's just been, you know, neutralized by the alcohol. Wow. And the acid will neutralize the alcohol. So you have the core of the vitamin A, mm. and that makes it uh, stabilized. It also makes it uh, highly effective in small or low concentration. And that is the key. So we, we use a much, much lower concentration compared to a traditional retinol. Yes. And when we look at the same concentration, it is 50% less irritating mm. compared to the traditional uh, retinol. I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up because a lot of those products are formulated to be used, say, once, twice a week because of the, I guess, the irritation factor, whereas this is not the case here. No. And I, once again, um, I think that 
there, there is a reason why um, vitamin A is known as the golden standard when it Absolutely. comes to photo-damaged skin, right? Mm. But the backside has been that it can cause an irritation. Mm. And we all know that um, face, we want to take care of our face, right? Yeah. It is the first impression mm. that we give. And we want to make sure that we can show our best, mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, we want to make sure that it doesn't really react, so it goes the other way. Mm. Like we talked before the the pod now that yeah. you don't want to do test anything prior anything important in yes. case of something happens. Yeah, that's a good note we were talking about before we started recording for brides to be <laughs> night before the wedding is not the time to try a new product. No, no. in case of. Mm. Um, so I, I think um, what we want to do and what we wanted to do with Verso is to be able to provide highly performance-driven vitamin A products that more people can use safely without the concern of, mm. of having the typical vitamin A uh, reactions. Mm. The range is divided into 10 categories. For anyone who may be new to the brand or even just might be putting a skincare routine together for the first time, as I'm learning more and more people are doing, they've just been splashing their face with water for some time. For anyone who might be new to it, where should they begin? What advice can you offer there? Well, I, I would say that depending on what where you live, Yeah. Um, you know, I just came in from Brisbane. Mm -hmm. It was very humid there. So then you need maybe a lighter formula. Yes. Uh, before I uh, landed in Brisbane, I left a ice cold minus 13 degrees in Stockholm. Yeah. Very dry. And where you need more oils and more fat. Yeah. A richer formula. So that's something that you start with. And that's also, once again, where we come in, uh, where we have 10 different kinds of formulations with vitamin A. Mm. And each of them formulated to target different needs, but also in different texture. Yeah. So whenever you have found what kind of formula and what you target, is it that you primarily target fine lines or roughness do you want to have a are you looking for that you want to tighten your skin or glow mm. uh, maybe you're looking for something that you need to reduce your pigmentation uh, breakouts there are so many things because mm. there's nothing like vitamin a it's no. such a multifunctional ingredient mm -hmm. so it will do all these things what we have done we formulate it in different concentration and then added supported ingredients for specific needs. Mm. So whenever you found that, whatever, then you can set for that. But, and the best thing is to do is obviously to speak to uh, your stockist yes. and ask for advice mm -hmm. uh, and they will be able to help you. Um, the other thing is also very important before that, I would say, is to find a cleanser. Okay. To cleanse your skin. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't recommend to do it too rough and or too tough. It, find a mild cleanser that does not disrupt and, and hurt and damage your skin. 
Hmm. And then possibly that if you if you don't have enough of hydration uh, or moisture in that vitamin A product that you have come to, to choose, you might need to add that. And then you're pretty much set. It so comes down to knowing your own skin. I feel like this is something I always come back to because it's very easy, particularly now, to open whatever app you're on and see someone on the other side of the world and say, oh, that's what they're using and their skin looks great. Your skin is going to be completely different, whoever you are. Oh, yeah. Mm. I would say yes. I, I think re- remember this, that um, when I what I said just previously, it really depends on where you yeah. live or where you are. And I think most people, um, f- you know, for us being in Sweden, where we clearly have four seasons. Yeah. So there is a completely different need mm. now in winter compared to when it's really a warm summer. Yes. So And that is your skin will react differently. Uh, one thing that vitamin A has a tendency to do is to dry out your skin. Yes. So once again, depending if you are in a humid condition, you will be fine. But if you are in a condition where the environment is more of dry or you spend a lot of time in an aircon uh, environment, mm-hmm. you might need more hydration. Yeah. The range consists of about 25 products now, so it has well and truly expanded beyond that initial five. How does the product development process work for you? Are you constantly thinking about what you'll do next? Are you working off what people are asking for or is it a little bit of both? Um, It has been a little bit of both, I would Mm say. Um, We um, are possibly... I don't think we will see... Uh, many more skews from from us. Yeah, I think there will be um, a continuing uh, development, but rather so that we will see improvements. Yeah, uh, within the range, um, we want to promote the simplicity. Uh, we don't want to make it complicated. I think there is in the range today. There are products for everyone. Yeah. Um, I just got the question yesterday if we couldn't develop a neck cream. And I asked, why? Is there, is, <laughs> is there a reason for that? <laughs> and uh, you, you, and, I, and I, I, I told them that you can actually use your day or your night cream and you just can Always. actually continue. Mm. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many people I've had to explain that to. Like, what? Yeah. So it's... it's um, I think the the um, there there are some really exciting things ahead, mm-hmm. but the I don't see us meaning that we need to div, you know have an extra skew. Mm. It's refreshing because that's not the case everywhere. A lot of people hear of a trend and they say, okay, we'll jump on that. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this industry uh, is really 
much about that. Yeah. Um, it's always been a, a need for newness, mm. something to talk about. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, today, 10 years down the line, our three bestsellers are the three products we launched day one. Which three? So it is Super Eye Serum, Super Facial Serum, and Verso Night Cream. Globally, it doesn't matter where we go in the market. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. Now that I'm... Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then we have the uh, hydration serum, which is a non-vitamin A product. But that's... You see, except for the vitamin A product that we have in the range, we work a lot with the skin barrier. Yes. Because if you have a healthy, a balanced skin barrier, you come a very long, long way. Yeah. And I always say that if you don't have the budget Mm -hmm. to invest for any moment or for whatever reason find a really good moisturizer that can Mm. you know restore and take care of your skin barrier because you come a long way with that Mm. and then that's going to affect how your skin tolerates that vitamin a as well yes Mm. i love the skin barrier you're also stocked in i think it's about 25 countries now as well obviously here in australia in mecca Aside from the climate, which we've talked about, have you noticed any differences in the ways that people from different parts of the world approach their skincare? Yeah, uh, yes. I, and I think that th- there has been, um, I would say that There are some markets where we've seen absolutely where um, more the merrier. Mm-hmm. It's been a, you know, a trend that you should layer products. There have been products for specific needs and you need to do it a certain order. There's going to be routines. Um, but we kind of stick to, to our approach. And so even though that when we have entered some markets where that has been the main uh, thing, we have still believed that there is a place for Verso. Mm. Um, and I think the, I think most people love to get pampered and get a facial and, you know, with 10 different products and lay down in an hour, an hour and a half. But not very many people have that time every day to have their own 45 minutes in the bathroom. You know, we we have their kids to take to school. Uh, You know, Mm. we need to go to work. And and it's just, and that's where we fit in. Mm. You founded the brand a decade ago, but you've been a part of the beauty industry for significantly longer. Over, let's say, the past decade, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen within the beauty industry? Well, um, from a business point of view, I would say that there is a the market is flooding with new brands, um, and it's just the competition just being much much tougher. Mm. So. And that also, um, coming back to, we will continue to stick to our core, uh, even though sometimes it comes up with trends and, mm-hmm. and, and products and ingredients that might be hype or yeah. very trending. And we, we kind of 
stay off it today. We, we continue to what we know works. We can stay what we believe in um, to make sure that we, we hold our position. Mm. And what changes do you think we can expect to see from the industry over the next few years? I think we will continue to see uh, more personalization. Yes, okay. Um, I think that there will be more into um, not necessarily routines that is created by uh, the brand themselves, but routines where is promoted, where you can find your products that will fit you and mm. your skin. I think, you know, to your viewers to say that you, you need to try and you need to test. There's no product that fit all. And so continue and try and test that. And, and there's going to be a lot more tools and a lot more information out there to help you to find your product that works for you. Mm. My final question, what is next for Verso? I mean, the, the, we, we just launched our uh, latest product, which is Versus Super Elixir, which is with our own patented technology, mm-hmm. where we took the vitamin A to the next level, uh, where we been able, and this is something that we worked since 2014. Wow. And uh, where we take in the vitamin A and then we pair that in a molecular level with niacinamide. So what that did was really created something completely new and where the niacinamide is able to enhance uh, and improve the performance of vitamin A Mm -hmm. and at the same time making it even more gentle to the skin. And the first product out now was the Super Elixir, which is a product for... uh, promoting for brightening primarily will have a lot more benefits as well but it also been tested on highly sensitive skin so Ah. we have it labeled as hypoallergenic which is very very unusual for such a you know by performance so the first product out now is super elixir and and i'm sure it's going to be more That was Lars Fredriksson, founder of Verso, which you can find on Instagram at Verso Skincare. To read more, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me. The Glow Journal podcast would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced. We pay our respects to elders past and present.